Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, April 4th, 2022. Where does courage come from? I think lots of times we we get confused about that. Sometimes we think courage comes really from circumstance. It's easy to be courageous when it feels like you've got the upper hand, right? It's it's easy for Dirty Harry to be courageous when he's got a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and the other guy's got nothing, right? It's easy for him to say, well, do I feel lucky? Do you, punk? Right? Because he's got the upper hand. And when you've got the upper hand, it's easier to feel courageous, Sometimes we think of courage really as a matter of disposition, where some people are just more courageous naturally, uh, where others are maybe more timid or weak or, or nervous or scared, and that's where we think maybe courage comes from. Well, we want to ask the question from the Bible today, where does courage come from? And we're going to see true courage doesn't come from having the upper hand, because we should be courageous even when it looks like the deck is stacked against us. And true courage doesn't come just from a disposition. It really comes from a confidence in God. And that's one of the lessons we're going to see as we start the book of Joshua today, looking at chapters one through four. Now, we finished the law, the people that are right there on the edge of the Jordan River, ready to go into the promised land. Moses dies, and now the mantle has been passed to Joshua. Now, put yourself in Joshua's shoes for a minute. Uh, Moses has got to be a hard leader to replace. Uh, Moses led the people out of Egypt. Obviously, we know God was the one working, but he was working in a lot of ways through Moses. He was the, the human they were looking to for leadership. Then he leads them 40 years through the wilderness. And remember, uh, from our reading, all the adults basically have died. Uh, so nobody that is alive knows anything but the leadership of Moses. All, all the men that left Egypt that were adults died in the wilderness. So now you've got people that, that all they've known is Moses leading them through the wilderness. And now Joshua has to pick up that mantle. That is a tough spot for him to be in. And, and he's about to go into this land that you know he went into once before with 11 other spies. And 10 of those spies said, no, it's too big. So he it didn't obviously feel like he had the upper hand, and he was put in a very difficult circumstance. But I want you to note what God says to him. God uh, comes to Joshua, and in verse 2 of Joshua 1, he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. 
For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. So there we see where courage and strength come from. It's not from having the upper hand. It's not from having a confident disposition. True courage, true strength come from a confidence in really a theological truth that God is with me that God is with me and he will never leave me or forsake me. Now, here's a question I want to ask for all of us. Can you say that? Can you say God is with me, he will never leave me or forsake me? Well, uh, if you are a believer, you can say that. You might not be able to, you know, get into the specifics of walking around and everything your foot touches, you know, it's going to be yours. But you can know whatever happens to me as a believer in Christ— God is with me and he will never leave me or forsake me. Those promises are specifically restated in the New Testament. I think often one of my favorite promises in all the scripture is in Hebrews chapter 13, where it says this state, same idea, he will never leave us or forsake us. And even in Deuteronomy, we saw these promises were not just for Joshua. They were for all the people of Israel, that God would never leave them or forsake them and that they were to be strong and courageous. Do you have a confidence in that? A few uh, days ago, we referenced Hudson Taylor uh, and how he mentioned that a lot of God's giants, you know, the men that have done great things, they were actually weak men, but they counted on God being with them. Are you counting on God being with you today? And and notice again, the context here isn't just, hey, Joshua, all your wildest dreams are going to come true. Joshua is seeking to serve the Lord. So I think especially these promises should be near and dear to us as we are seeking to faithfully serve the Lord. Um, May we be strong and courageous. Now, God does give Joshua some things to focus on here. After that second command to be strong and courageous, verse 7, he says, only be strong and very courageous being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success." Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that's where um, what God is telling Joshua to do is, hey, you don't need to worry about how all this is going to happen. You don't need to worry about how we're going to accomplish this conquest we're setting out on. What you need to do, Joshua, is you need to focus on what I have told you. This law that has now been given through Moses, you need to focus on that, and you need to do what that says. You need to talk about it. You need to think about it. You need to hold on to it. You need to meditate on it. Hold on to that law. Focus on that, and I'll take care of the rest. And that's very similar to what I think God would want to communicate to all of us. There's so many things in your life that are out of your control. Don't worry about those. God is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. How God is going to work everything out for good, you're not going to know. But you can trust that he is, and you can trust that he is with you. So what do you need to focus on? You need to focus on the word of God. 
You need to talk about it. You need to think about it. You need to, to seek every day to hunger and thirst to do what it says and say, God, I want to focus all my attention on your word. I want to make sure I'm doing what it says. And God, you're going to take care of all the things I can't figure out because you're with me and you're never, ever going to leave me. So when we do those things, we can be courageous people, even if you feel like you don't have the upper hand, even if you feel like, well, I'm just not a very naturally bold person. All of these things, um, you can be courageous if you know God is with me and you keep your focus on, I'm going to just focus on doing what God says and obeying his word. And I'm going to let the chips fall where they may, knowing that God is going to control all of that. So hopefully that encourages us there from the beginning of Joshua. Uh, Then we get really into the beginning of the conquest. We have the story of Rahab and and the spies. You know, there's a lot of discussion. Well, Rahab lies. What's going on there? But notice the bigger picture of her faith. She knows that the judgment of God is coming and she really tries to find refuge in God. She shows a faith really that she needs salvation. That, that judgment is coming and she needs to be saved from that. And the only hope for that is really in the God of these Israelites. And that's why by faith Rahab did not perish with the rest of those who were disobedient. Um, because she put her faith in God. So see the story of faith there. Then we see another miracle in chapter 3 of Israel crossing the Jordan and doing so in miraculous fashion and then we see in chapter 4 that they are that that is something that is to be remembered and again you you saw this a lot in Deuteronomy you saw this a lot really throughout the law just that uh, God was really concerned about how quick they were to forget well that that's a similar problem that we have and good for us to set up almost memorials of the things that God has done for us so that we remember so that we don't forget the great things that God has done for us so that gets us a little bit into the book of Joshua but may we be strong and courageous as we know hey God is with us he will never leave us or forsake us we can trust in him now let's move on to the New Testament portion of our reading today, Luke 17, 11 through 37. And actually, we're, we're starting to come down the stretch. We're going to be getting into the, the Passion Week before too long, and we'll really be coming down the stretch of the life of Christ. And, and here today, we read the particular story of the 10 lepers, and only one comes back to thank Jesus, a good lesson for us even in our, are we thankful for all the great things God has done for us? And then there's a lot of talk about the coming of the kingdom. And, and again, a big part of this is that judgment is going to come. And it talks about the days of Noah. It talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. But there's one particular warning I would encourage you. It's a short but powerful verse. Verse 32, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Do you remember Lot's wife? What happened to her? Well, they were fleeing the judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, but she looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. And I think there's a lot of important lessons for us in that the judgment is coming on the world. But if our heart is really longing for the things of the world, if we're looking back with longing towards the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, then that's not going to go well for us too. Let's make sure not only that, uh, that that we're leaving the world, you know, she was leaving Sodom and Gomorrah, but it seems that she still had those places in her heart. And may we 
make sure the world doesn't still have a hold on our heart. So we're ready when Jesus returns. We won't be caught looking back at the world, um, that we will be ready for Christ because the world is doesn't have a hold on our hearts anymore and we're not letting it, we're not let, fostering that in our hearts. We're not looking back with longing at the things of the world. Let us look forward to the things of God and let's really make the word of God our focus, our meditation, our delight, and may we seek to do what it says. And when we do that, we know we can be strong and courageous. God is with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.